0: Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators.
1: Hello and welcome to the VGO. Wait, do you have laundry to do? I mean, that's okay. I mean, take us with you so you don't forget again. All right, we'll do it together as we start the Video Game Lounge Podcast, where we're not here for notes and news, but uh, play games and drink brews. I'm Chaz, your host for today, and I'm joined with the always amazing Almighty Drizzle and the wholesomely handsome Haig himself. You can catch our new episodes every other week with Creative Brain Candy at creativebraincandy.com, along with other spectacular podcasts like Eyes Forward March, where you can follow the conversations and stories of a few non-commissioned officers or NCOs from all over the country who met while attending a leadership course, and they'll tell stories and have conversations that are not only entertaining, but ultimately build networking skills in the NCO corps. Now, to start us off, John, how the hell are you?
2: I'm actually doing pretty good tonight, fellas. Um, really excited for this episode. We have been talking about it for quite a while, so we've got quite a buildup going into this one. We're talking about speed running. It's going to be a Kevin-centric episode, so uh, yeah. How are you doing, Kev?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm here. You know, it's been a little hot. Weather, uh, it's been shit for work, but overall, it's uh, Sunday we're recording this, and it's a really good Sunday so far.
1: It is feeling pretty good. You know, the weather's actually cooled off just a tad because of the last storm, and uh, I was able to finally mow the lawn this morning. It needed it.
2: <laughs> nice. That sounds good, bro. All
1: right, John, Uh, what are you drinking today? Well, fellas,
2: I'm actually pretty excited to share with you guys what I'm drinking tonight. Um, You guys ever heard of Flying Dog? I've heard of it. Right, so it is brewed in Frederick, Maryland, which is closest to me uh, vicinity-wise. A couple facts about Flying Dog. It is the biggest brewery in Maryland and the 28th largest in the entire United States. I thought that was pretty neat. So I am drinking their Imperial Porter, which is called Gonzo. If you like dark or stouty kind of beers, bitter-tasting beers, this will be the one for you. Really, really good um, really nice finish on it. I'm enjoying it. Um, I am two in on my six pack right now. So feeling the buzz a little bit tonight, gentlemen, I'm not gonna lie. This is a little strong. Um, this one is a let me see here. It is a 10%. So that's almost 20%. <laughs> it is almost 20%. So I <laughs> uh, believe that's how that works. He does match good. Yeah, I can I that can might do be math. math on
1: the
0: fly. That's just like straight up addition.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's how that works. Um, Andrew's wife is a math teacher, so we'll have to consult with her to make sure that that math uh, checks out. I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> so, uh, Kev, what have you been drinking, my friend?
0: Oh, I'll tell you what I've been drinking. Been drinking a little bit of this. Oh, oh yeah, that would be an Austin. East Ciders Blood Orange Cider uh, Clearly this is like the I think it's like the third time I've drank some kind of Hard cider on the show But this one's a blood orange It's a, it's really good Like my wife got him; She wasn't a big fan of them But I mean it, it does a job for me It's only the 5% so I'm on number 4 Which is still 20% uh, I think that works correctly <laughs> Gluten free as well for anyone who's Gluten intolerant And you guys like making up diseases but, I mean, it's. Ooh. I definitely suggest it. I've also got, uh, of course, the old natural Angry Orchard hard cider crisp apple sitting on, on standby. So, you might hear another uh, pop the top. Because, of as... course, you have a monopoly on all things apple cider liquor related. I f- I figure if I'm going to drink, it might as well be healthy. And I, I, They always say an apple a day keeps the doctor away.
1: So Yeah, uh, even if yeah. it's
0: in beer form. <laughs> yeah. I mean the way I see it, that's uh it's fermented apple. It still counts.
1: I, I mean, mean one of the first ciders alcohol, that I ever ke- tried, it was because of Kevin and it was a woodchuck. Yeah. Yeah, woodchuck's
0: I mean, good. Uh, here's I here's not why th- my voice just cracked right thinking. there. But uh
1: <laughs> Woodchuck's good. <I> love woodchucks.
0: <laughs> he got so he got so excited to hear uh, talking about woodchucks, he's like, <laughs> Yeah, you ever but get
2: I, so excited you just come early.
0: <laughs> Andrew, what are you drinking?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is fancy, that's for sure. No, I'm uh I'm actually reaching the uh the bottom of the barrel in my fridge, so I'm uh finishing up some shock tops, good old Belgian white shock top, and it's a five percent as well. So I'm gonna have to drink three more just to catch up with these guys, and they're twenty percent. I really don't think that's how the percentage it's not, works. Don't let my, my wife hear this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> full disclaimer: my, my wife's a math teacher. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> John. What have you been playing recently?
2: Well, you know, I'm pretty excited to talk about this, too. I mean, I'm just excited in general to be on this episode. But uh, at the time of this recording, about a week prior to that, um, new footage, or the first footage, I should say, of Horizon Forbidden West came out. And uh, I know Kev and I have absolutely ginormous anticipations for that game. Uh, We really like it. And, you know, Andrew, you need to get on it and finish more of it, but um, I caught the Horizon bug. I, I popped it in and was playing it. Um, Kevin was like, "Man, I re- after seeing this footage, I really want to get back into it." And then I sent him a picture of me playing it from the couch, and he was like, "Already?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I caught the bug, and so I'm into it." So, um, and also I've needed, I have needed a new toilet time game, gentlemen. Um, I know for a while there, Andrew and I were playing Marvel Strike Force um really kind of got into that game uh andrew and i would send pictures of our rosters and show off like who our strongest characters were um
1: that's a terrible way to describe we were sending pictures of each other on the toilet
2: oh yeah good call yes yeah Yeah. um right right. so anyway anyway, (laughs) your roster um So, yeah, we were sending pictures of our roster, and I was playing that game for a while, but then kind of the same thing that happened for me with um, Star Wars Galaxy Heroes. That game just kind of got too big, too fast, and all of the tertiary and ancillary characters became more stronger than all your main characters. Like, you know, yeah, it just kind of got too big. So I have downloaded, in the meantime, Magic the Gathering Arena because uh, i really really do enjoy magic i've uh you know i've played it uh various points in my life at various uh levels <laughs> yeah so um yeah I've, I've downloaded this game had an absolute blast with it so far um I really enjoy kind of combining decks. You kind of have your starter decks, your mono color, and then I've started to unlock some of the dual color decks, the free ones. Um, so just been messing around in that. Like I'm not very far into it, but having an absolute blast kind of getting back into magic. There are a couple of things I'm kind of learning on the fly, but um overall having a lot of fun with it. And um, yeah, that's, so that's pretty much it for me. How about you, Kev?
0: Uh, since we last talked on the episode... I've been playing one game and one game only, and that is Final Fantasy VII, not the remaster version. I am playing the PS, the original PS1 version on Xbox One, trying to get all the achievements. Uh, I'm like 20, I was playing this morning, I think I'm like 27, 28 hours into it. I've already got Cloud back. Um, I almost feel like I need to not say too much about the game, because now that the remaster's out, it's like that territory of, like, can I talk about it Are there new people
1: playing uh, the remaster for the first time?
0: Yeah, before the remaster came out, you could just talk about whatever the hell you wanted. The game was 20 years old, but now the remaster's out, it's kind of like, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about too much, but eventually, uh, in the game, you lose Cloud and you get Cloud back, so I'm at that point, and I'm just doing, like, the last thing I did this morning was I'm trying to get my gold chocobo so i'm just doing an enormous amounts of uh chocobo racing so i have the song stuck in my head oh
1: just you saying that is gonna get the song stuck in my head now (laughs) i mean it's a good song all right
0: Uh, so that's that's literally all i've been playing because i'm trying to catch up uh i I fell by the wayside on final fantasy and i I need to catch up so if i can beat seven this month which seems really likely uh, i can go over to eight Eight probably won't take me too long either. Eight, eight nine, 10, Uh ten. I'm all, I'm sorry, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm all really familiar with, so they don't take me too long. I kind of, I still, you know, talk to everyone, but it doesn't take me as long to try and figure out what to do or I know what level I need to be to, to beat the next boss and stuff like that. So I'm hoping I can beat Final Fantasy Seven this month, start eight, and then I'll be on track again to beating all the main series uh, at the end of the year.
1: Nice. I, so, I was really happy whenever you said, like, because you give me updates and whatnot as you're going through your journey, and I was happy that, you know, I saw that you had Yuffie. And, mm-hmm. I mean, for anybody, it's no spoiler that they're redoing the remake for the PS5 to include Yuffie, so, I mean, it's another character that you're going to have, but back in the original, she was uh, an option, and mm-hmm. you kind of had to look for, or search for to get her <laughs> special.
0: I mean, take. Technically, she's an optional in the, in the remake because it's DLC. You ain't gotta pay for that shit. <laughs> you can leave her ass in the forest or wherever the hell she is in the remake. Nice. Well, isn't isn't Integrate out now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it came out I last see, week. No, I think it was like
2: maybe last week. Oh, well, this says initial release date April tenth.
0: So that's a couple. <laughs> no, that's look at the year though, John. <laughs> Oh shit! You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the original release date of Final Fantasy VII remake, not energy. True. I think think Andrew, uh, uh, sixth or something
1: like that. Eight, something like that.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Because I remember a lot of streamers playing it.
1: But yeah, uh, I mean, I've been doing just the typical, you know, every now and again, getting my butt handed to me on Warzone or uh, doing my little bit of Genshin Impact. Um, Just like John, I've been looking for something for the mobile to be able to just have to pass the time and instead of doing the solitaire challenges like competition that i try to do um as the resident weeb on the show i was watching my animes on crunchyroll and then there was an ad for a new game that crunchyroll is working with and it's called star steel fantasy and it's basically your uh your turn-based like puzzle game with a a home base that you can build up with acquired resources that you earn, earn over time, and almost like a uh, not red alert or a civilization or something like that. That it's it, it's a little time waster. It's not too bad.
0: What was that called again?
1: Star Steel Fantasy. And yeah, I'm assuming that's all anime stuff. It's cartoony. It's not anime. What is the difference to you?
0: Like, I, I'm honest. Like to me, I like if I if I think anime, I think like Dragon Ball Z our style. If I think cartoon, I think like, uh, I don't know, Batman the animated series, or Ed, Ed and Eddie, you know that kind of like,
2: or
1: Ren and Stimpy.
0: Yeah. So what's what's your definition of anime slash cartoony?
1: I think part of it for me, it uh, it means like you know the the directed audience, but also. I mean, I can't, I can't even say 100% the art style, because, you know, some of them are going to be more, you know, serious or more, even more goofy or loose, uh, for an anime style is just like a cartoon, like where, yes, for Dragon Ball Z, whenever we were introduced to that as a kid, it was, uh, an original, like a, a cartoonized, uh, anime that was brought over to America from Japan, um watching ronin warriors and even sailor moon like different ones that were anime that were brought over and americanized to make it seem like you know we're you know introduce america to more of the culture of japan so i mean i i guess i, I guess i can't really even describe i guess i would almost say it depends on the audience that it is trying to target
0: so, what would you classify Crayon Shin-chan, the American version, as?
1: Uh because
0: that ain't going after the weep, son. No, I would <laughs> almost say it's like an adult cartoon,
1: <laughs> but it, it was originally in the uh, like the anime style, like the animation style. I, I don't know, and
2: l- like an adult cartoon, like Archer.
1: Oh, it's what? No, like it, it, had, it's like a, um, it's adult dialogue in a very childish drawing.
0: Yeah, like there's there's one thing where, uh, him and his dad are going on strike for something, I think, and they're singing like, like we are men and men have penises or something like that. That's that's literally the song. There's
2: so so it's like Big Mouth on Netflix, kind of. Kind of yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to bring it back around to magic. Like I know, um, like I was huge into magic, but did you guys ever play like any of the card games like? Uh, did you guys ever get into like Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon, anything like that? Did you guys like collect those cards at all? hundred percent. Yep. Oh yeah. Cause like for me, Magic the Gathering was my card game of choice. I never really got into Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or anything. I,
0: lo- I loved Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I've seen Yu-Gi-Oh cards now and it's, I mean, the text is so tiny that it's literally, I think it's like some of them are just run on sentences that are, like, 12, 13 lines on what you have to do, and it's way, way too complicated now, where uh, I also played, I played Pokemon, me and Andrew used to play Pokemon cards against each other. Um, There's one other card game I played, I think it was Imagination. that was a really fun card game, that was like, a, it felt like a, a more kiddie version of Magic the Gathering, and of course I played Magic the Gathering as well.
2: Yeah, so like for me, I have played magic, like I said, various points in my life, uh, like two times really in my life where I was really, really into it as like once as a younger kid. And then uh, shortly after uh, Belle, my beautiful wife, and I got married, um, I I got really into it with a buddy of mine from my old work, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, if you're listening, that's awesome. Uh, Appreciate it. What's up, dude? Like, Bell and I actually sat down and calculated, I think, at one point. um, I spent almost $1,200 on Magic cards. Like, it was insane. Um, You guys remember, like, the the cardboard boxes that had the five rows, and each row could hold, like, 250 or something. I had almost two boxes of those filled, and then I had, like, a separate two boxes that could hold 100, and each one of those was just filled with lands. It was absolutely insane. I was really into it. and speaking of Jimmy, him and I actually uh, got in my old Ford Exploder once um, during like a snowstorm and went to a tournament play. We did a two-headed giant, uh, which is like a 2v2 thing. And uh, we technically, technically we played four rounds of like a blind draft. Uh, like, you know, you pick a card in a pack and then pass it to your teammate and then pass it to the other guy and then so on and so forth. So technically we played four rounds and we went two and two. But our two wins were by default because of the bad weather. There was like seven or eight inches of snow on the ground. Uh, The other team didn't show up. So our wins were uh, by default because, you know, the team wasn't able to show up. So, yeah, we lost our other two matches, but I do maintain that we should have won one of those because the other team misplayed a sorcery spell as an instant, which you can't do. The card didn't specify that. It gave them more creatures. They blocked us, then attacked us the next turn. We died. The judge missed the call on that. Not that I'm still bitter, but, you know. Anyway, Andrew, bro, what you playing?
1: Well, uh. You just reminded me, like, you've been talking about the Magic the Gathering mobile and how you and Jimmy went and played the tournament. It reminded me of whenever I, you know, mentioned in previous episodes that I worked with ESO and uh, the release of that. Whenever I did that, there was a bunch of other gamers there, and it was it was a great time. But they started getting into uh, Magic again, and which made me get into Magic again. So I was able to find, like, an old deck that I had from like third grade and then i just i bought more decks and more decks and i ended up like you know buying a couple cars on amazon and then i had like three different little uh cases just for my playable decks of what i wanted to play if i wanted to play you know uh my white deck or my blue black deck or um my red deck and it just it brought back some memories. So thank you.
2: You know, I, I can remember when um, meeting you when you were working close to where I'm currently living um, and you were in the hotel staying there with Troy and you and I were playing magic. And at one point. He like looked over at us like what in the world are you guys playing? nerds. <laughs> I know like there's a tree, there's a warthog, there's this magical fountain. Like what in the world are you guys doing? Like this doesn't make sense at all.
1: And then somehow you left one of your like uh your d12 die or something like that and I kept I kept it yeah, with me. Yeah, it was one of like my counter years. die.
2: Yeah, one of my counter die. I say
1: d12 because you know I'm thinking you know Dungeons and Dragons and I couldn't remember it actually being part of the magic the gathering the, D- it was the d20 was the d20 well there's you know there's all sorts of die and I don't want to get into oh, yeah. that because you know that's going to be another game that if I get into that I will get into that and that oh, oh be... it's
2: too many numbers can't count them just leave it for your wife <laughs>
1: Alright, well, let's get into the meat of it, shall we?
2: That's what she said. Alright, today's
1: episode is quite special. Actually, we've been wanting to get into this one for quite some time, and we've even alluded to it within past episodes, and it is about speedrunning. And thankfully, we have a resident speedrunner in our midst. And for the most part, it'll probably just be me and John asking Kevin for all of his insight and his personal achievements, but I guarantee it'll be a good time. So, Kevin, what is speedrunning?
0: It's uh, beating games really quickly. Next question. That's that's all right. Next episode. All right. (laughs) There we go. Episode done. That's 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 pretty much what it is. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of different categories, and even to this, like even now, it's not even just speedrunning the same game. They've actually evolved to the point where there's uh, a big thing now is randomizers, where people will take the ROM of a game. And they will upload it to this program that changes what it, it, it they tell it what to change. So, uh, probably the one I enjoy watching the most is a Link to the Past randomizer. So, we've all played Link to the Past. So, what the randomizer does is you can actually move the items in the game to random chests, you can change what enemies show up where. So it's a completely new game. You can actually change. Uh, so if if you go into Link's house, that might take you to a dungeon instead. So there's a lot of so there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> different things you can do. So people are speedrunning that, and you go into it, and that, those are really impressive because they had they know where everything is, but there's also a luck involved into it because they know okay my best chance is to go to this corner of the map because there's x amount of chests here so i can get those items that i, I that are necessary to beat the game so it's not just speedrunning regular games like it's not just beating regular games as fast as you can it's also you know rom hacks that people do which are really fun to watch
1: now i've actually noticed uh, since you've said randomizer i've actually watched a few streamers such as like purple cliff and ludwig do um, even some pokemon randomizers mm-hmm. and that that's been quite enjoyable to watch and see them like encounter a legendary right near the beginning it's like a level six legendary and then they either they can pick it or they can't pick it because of different rules that are set up with how they game or or what they want to do for their speed run
0: yeah they actually uh they can actually change the movesets as well correct like they can get a mewtwo but that mewtwo might know like harden and
1: it might be a, a, a ground bug type or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's it adds... it adds. So one thing speedrunning does, I think, uh, same thing as a randomizer, is it brings life into old games. So if you don't have any of the new consoles or you're just not interested in them, you just want to play you know, the old school games again and again, speedrunning's uh, a good way to do that. Check, check, and check. And randomizers.
2: So, Kev how about you tell the people how you actually got into speed running Andrew and I know this story and want to see if uh, you can share it with the people um people get ready get your tissues it's a sad story but it does have uh, a happy ending I promise so Kev why don't you regale us with how you got into speed running
1: all right
0: uh I'll start from the top so you know this this we've mentioned in the podcast before uh, Andrew and, and John's dad passing away from cancer. Uh, my mother also passed away from cancer. Uh, I had her in my life for a lot longer, luckily than Andrew and John did. Amazing woman.
2: Yeah. It's still very sweet.
0: Still hurt like hell to lose her. And I remember when she, uh, when she was declining in her health uh trying to figure out how I could help her you know any way I could and I came across this organization uh which many of you if you guys know anything about speedrunning have heard of it's called GTQ and they were it's a it's a great uh community of speedrunners who get together twice a year and they uh they just they they for a week long uh 24 hours 7 days they speed run games and uh during the summer they donate money to uh Doctors Without Borders and during the winter which was when we kind of found out about my mom uh they do uh for cancer research so I was watching a bunch of these videos live on Twitch and I was like, you know, that's, that's something I can do. I could, I could, you know, pick up a speed run and I always had these illusions, grandeur of, of going to GDQ to, to raise money, uh, to the prevent cancer foundation for my mother. You know, obviously I've never made it that far, but just watching all those people get together for such a good cause, uh, especially one that I took so personally and I'm talking about like they've they've raised there's a couple I think the highest they raised was like in the three millions in those seven days that's just people getting together and donating money so
2: wow yeah that's really good that's, man. that's that's
0: like really good that's for one event and you know they wow so so that's that's kind of how I got into it was because of my mother and her um, unfortunately uh, passing away just made me want to be able to do something with you know something obviously we're all passionate about video games so i wanted to take that passion and you know do something good with it so that's and you certainly
1: did yeah
0: can't can't say that i i've raised uh, a lot of money uh, i've raised a, a few bucks here and there but i think uh every little bit i think is. just yeah i think just speed running and even this because uh, obviously i'm 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 going to be talking about GDQ a lot. If you guys have no idea what speedrunning is all about, uh, and you're more interested after this podcast, I highly suggest going to YouTube and looking up GDQ. Because the more people that know about this, the more people that are going to watch the event, and the more people that are going to donate, and they're going to, you know, get rid of this this unbearable disease that you know rips loved ones away from us.
1: For those uh, unsure, GDQ stands for Games Done Quick.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, the winter one is eight. It's called a GDQ, Awesome Games Done Quick. And then the one in the summer, they have Summer Games Done Quick. And those aren't the only two. There are a lot of speedrun foundations. Uh, there's one. There's a really big one in Europe. I can't remember what it's called. Some people just you know just do their own. There's a lot of smaller ones. Um, like I know Big John has raised money. Uh, I think crampo bears put together something as well. There's just these speedrunners who just want to get people together to donate money. So, like honestly, you can just go to Twitch or YouTube, type in speedrunning and you're going to find something you can watch that you would enjoy. And
2: just so it's said, um fuck cancer. That is yeah. like that is our official VGL stance, uh fuck <laughs> cancer.
1: Across the board, yes.
2: Across the board for all three of us. So, Kev, I wanted to ask you about, like, the different types of speedrunning. Like, if you go into Google and you type in speedrunning, you'll see stuff like glitchless or any percent. So, I kind of wanted to get your, like, definition or descriptions on what the differences of the different types of speedrunning are. So, would you be able to tell us that?
0: Yeah, um... We'll go over the most broad spec, like the most, this most, the most common. Yeah. The most common. Thank you. So any percent and glitchless, you can actually tie them together. If you want, you can actually have an any percent glitchless category. So any percent, uh, for the majority of games means you are starting the game and you are beating the game with as few items as possible. If it's just any percent, most of the time that means you can use all kind of glitches. So, uh, for example, I was—I'm a big uh, Legend Zelda speedrunner. Uh, I've speedrun the original Legend Zelda, Zelda Two, I've uh, Link to the Past, and the Switch version of Link's Awakening. So, in Zelda One. Uh, The category I ran was any percent, no up A. And what that means is you're trying to beat the game as fast as possible, ignoring the items. You can can get the items if you want, but it's not necessary to get all the items. Like, we need to get the bow because we have to use the bow to kill Ganon at the end. But uh, we don't need the red ring. Red ring just decreases the damage you get taken, so you go through the entire game with the green tunic. You don't get all the hard pieces because you don't need all the hard pieces. Um, and the no A part stands for, uh, not many people know this, but if you plug in a second controller into the NES, you can hit start on the first controller and then up an A on the second controller, and then you'll get brought to the save and quit screen. And what that does is it essentially kills you. So it can save you a couple frames, even a couple seconds, depending on where you kill yourself. So uh a good one is in the first dungeon we do is dungeon three. So we're not doing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then again, and uh the category I the the route I ran, there's different routes as well. I did uh dungeon three, four, uh one, five, two, six, seven, eight, I think is what it was. So you go into three first because there's bombs. And the way we do that is by what's known as screen wrapping. So in Glitchless, you can't do this. But what you do is you have to line Link up on the right side of the screen. Uh, I think it's five, no, 12 pixels away from the edge of the screen. And then you press down or up on the D-pad for one frame. Link will look from the east to the west. And then you can walk to the right off screen and he shows up on the other side of the screen. So you you can literally, there's one point in the game there's a heart piece all the way on the East Coast, and you're all the way on the West Coast. If you screen wrap, the way the game code works is, uh trying try and best describe this. So the Legend of Zelda map, it's like 20 squares wide and like eight squares tall. That's just a roundabout number. I'm, I know it's not correct, but it, the game doesn't read it that way. The game reads it from the top left corner all the way to the right, just like you would read a book. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, all the way up to 20. 21 starts right below that. So the way the, the the works is you screen wrap on the West Coast, you're actually screen wrapping from screen 41 to 40, and that's how you end up on the East Coast. And then glitchless is exactly what it sounds like. You're not using any glitches. And community decides what that counts as um you know some games might be like no no that's that's counted as a glitch where other other games and communities be like no that's not a glitch that's uh
2: it's it's interesting to me because I remember seeing a video on YouTube of the third Tomb Raider of this newest like reboot franchise. I don't remember the title, Shadow of the Tomb Raider or whatever. But this guy beat that game, which is supposed to be like a 20 to 25 hour game. And I think it was under 40 minutes because he was like just finding the invisible walls along the side of the map. And he would drop down into like the next area, and then find that next wall, and then find that next wall. Like he was just scouring the map for places where uh, there were bugs in the coding, as far as the map goes, so he'd be able to get past areas or bypass enemies and that kind of a thing. Absolutely incredible to watch. And then there's a reaction video too of the guys from uh, Tomb Raider watching it. It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah. I mean that's essentially what it is. And like I'm sure if you look up the uh, third Tomb Raider game of glitch list just roundabout it's probably going to be like three or four hours long so it's it's literally all it is you're just glitches or just you know things in the game that you can use to you know make it easier and just because there are glitches doesn't mean it's exactly easier i used to speed run um it was a link's awakening for the switch when it first came out i speed ran it for like two months and Like, one of the most exciting times for speedrunning is when a game first comes out, because all kinds of crazy shit is being found. Like, if the game's popular, not even in speedrunning, if the game's popular, things get found, and there's all kinds of subreddits. So, one of the big ones um, was you bypassed this entire dungeon that was, like, 15 minutes long by doing a frame perfect trick and I remember watching uh, I think it was TGH uh trying to figure out a setup it's called the Henix throw and basically you go inside this dungeon go to the left you go up and there's a Henix it's just a mini boss and he literally can pick you up and throw you so what we found and this is very late in the game this was like an hour into the run this was This was frame perfect that you had to do this. You line yourself up on the left side of the doorway, go up, and then you sprint to the left, you bonk against the wall, and then when he gets to a certain pixel, then you have to tap the run button, bounce against the wall, and then he picks you up while you're midair, and then he throws you, and he throws you immediately into the instrument room that you need to beat the game. And it bypasses the last boss, it bypasses having to get whatever items and it's a very long because it's one of the very later dungeons so it's a very long dungeon and it's really cool but that was like the third or fourth pixel perfect trick in the last like 30 minutes of the game of a two hour long speed run and i was like you know because you start getting a good time you look at the timer you start getting nervous it gets harder to do these frame perfect tricks, especially when the game is running at 30 frames a second, 60 frames a second. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I, I'm bowing out of this game from now until we get something more consistent. And I haven't gone back to it. It was a, it was a fun speed run and I might do glitchless cause I don't, like I said, it was the glitches that got me out of it. But some, some games just are not for me and they're not for everyone. They're fun to watch, but very hard to, to play. All
1: right. So Kev with, uh, the interest of speed running and everything that you've gone through yourself what have been your accomplishments what have you actually been able to come through and achieve yourself while doing these glitchless or any percent or hundred percent or what 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 have you done because I know you've done some pretty amazing things
0: yeah and they're amazing to me I wouldn't say there's there's one thing I'm super proud of that I, is pretty amazing, um, and I'll say that for the last. But the, the the first thing that I'm super proud of was I speed ran Teenage Mutant Turtles on the, the Nintendo, the original one, where they all had the same color bandana on the box front. So I, I beat. I ended up finally beating that game because I remember talking about this on the last episode where, well, yeah, I played it as a kid and I couldn't beat it. So uh, a buddy of mine who went at the time was going by Lucky Number Thirteen, amazing friend. Uh, I've I've met a f- quite a few people speedrunning. They're all super awesome, but he was like, "Hey man, you want to speedrun a game together?" Because he was speedrunning as well. Uh, he was doing different games, but I was like, "Yeah, what do you what do you think you want to do?" He's like, "Well, what can you what can you play?" And I was like, "Well, I got the Nintendo hooked up, and I have my uh, EverDrive, so I can pretty much play anything on the Nintendo." He's like, "All right," so he looks up this website and he. Looks at games under thirty minutes because he speed run, he's, He like streamed at night, so he didn't have a very long time to play a very lengthy game. So, Team was like a twenty five minute or less speed run. Uh, so he was like, all right, let's do that. But let's do glitchless. He hated glitches. He hated them. Uh, he always he said he told me why he said as a kid uh, he thought it was going to damage his game. And I was like, well, you know, it's not. He's like, I know, but. Let's do glitchless anyway. So I was like, all right, man, let's do some glitchless. So we did this for a month and finally got, uh, I finally, beat, the first highlight was being able to beat this game without using save states and nothing. I finally beat the game and like, i was surprised how far I got as a kid. Like I was pretty close to the end, but eventually, uh, I got, I'm nowhere near the top now, but I think I was top four at one point for glitchless and TMNT, which was really cool. Um, not a whole lot of people run the game but still to be that high obviously I'm, I'm down to like 11th I think now but my time was 22 minutes and 12 seconds to beat the game so that was that was like one of my moments where I was super
1: well even as an older game that was a difficult game to play regularly let alone to try to speed run and beat in haste
0: Oh, for sure. And the thing that sucks about that game, the reason why I stopped speedrunning that game, there's always a reason why I stopped speedrunning a game. And the reason why I stopped speedrunning TMNT was because there's a thing known as RNG, random number generator. In computers, nothing is random. So basically, it's just a computer that's reading one through, I don't know, 10,000 very quickly. So... On X-Frame, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. For Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think like 15 or 20 minutes into the run, that had to be like 15 minutes, There's the Technodrome. And the Technodrome has three different spots where it can spawn. One spot had a 50% chance, another spot a 25% chance, another spot a 25% chance. You wanted it to spawn in one of the 25% chances. In order to guarantee that, you had to press start on a certain frame of the game's music when it first started up. So you pressing start at the very beginning of the game determines where this technical term is going to be. And you did not know if you pressed it on the right frame until 15 or 20 minutes into the run. Achoo. And there's only so many times you can reset. It. You're on great pace. You're a minute ahead of your time. All of a sudden, boom. You lose five minutes because of the Technodrome. You probably start on the wrong frame. That's why I stopped speedrunning that game. It's a very fun speedrun game, but that that annoyed me way too much. Um, my next one goes into what I'm super proud of. It's I beat The Legend of Zelda. Uh, any percent no obey. I've got a sub 30, which means I beat it in under 30 minutes. And at the time, I think I was uh, the tw- 12th or 13th person to do it it was it was like two or three years ago i did this and it's a lot of a lot of things have changed in that game since i speed ran it and at the time i think the world record was like 28 minutes and 27 seconds or something like that maybe not even that low now it's below 28 minutes now there's like three people that have 27 minutes and something And that's because of work that JSR has been doing um, at manipulating uh, the first dungeon that it was very RNG heavy on if you would get bombs or not. And the boss is very RNG. So his work has actually greatly improved the time on this. This was before this. And I ran what was known as... I was talking earlier about routes. I ran what was known as the double hundo route. At the time, there was the... Thirty thirty route, and then there's double hundo. And basically, all that means is when I leave, when you leave dungeon one, so you're going to do a dungeon three, four, one. When you leave dungeon one, you're either going to get two of the hundred secrets, or you've farmed enough rubies to just have to get the double thirty secrets because you needed an X amount of money to buy the arrows and the meat. To bypass the, well, you need the, you need the bow, or, I'm sorry, you need the arrows for Ganon, but then you need the meat to bypass uh, this Goya that's in like episode, uh, Dungeon 7, I think. So I did the double hundo. It was known as always being a little slower, but I didn't have to do as much calculating in my head because there's the whole time, if you ever watch Legend of Zelda Speedrunner, you're going to hear him count 1 through 10 the entire run. Because whenever you kill the 10th enemy, if you kill them with a sword, then they drop a 5 ruby. If you kill them with a bomb, they drop a bomb. So you're going you're gonna to hear, like, you'll see them beat a room, and they're like, alright, 7. And then they'll, like, kill a couple of keys, and they're going to 8, 9, and then they'll intentionally not kill anything because they're trying to save it for bombs.
1: More of the strategy and trying to figure out. And
0: we know yeah. you're not good at
1: math, so you have to keep uh, the 1 through 10 yeah. ready and not, you know, count up to 200 at the same time. You know how hard
0: it is to play a controller in one hand while you're trying to count on the other hand? Jesus. So Kev, I
2: wanted to ask you like what type of training uh kind of goes into your speed running? Like when you're playing like a newer game, like let's say like Post 2000 or so like you at least have save points most of the time where you could just kind of replay a level or replay a certain kind of thing over and over again. But when you're doing, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Zelda, obviously, there's not like save points unless you're using some kind of weird mod or something. So Is like, can you explain the type of training or that kind of a thing that you go through? Or like, is it a muscle memory thing? Like, how is it that you go about kind of going, okay, here's this area, I've done it as best I can, moving on to the next area and kind of replaying that? Or how does that work for you?
0: Well, luckily, uh, the modern world has its advantage. And that comes in the fact of emulation and ROMs. So, What I practice on is actual hardware. So I have my original toaster oven Nintendo hooked up. I have my original Super Nintendo hooked up in my bedroom, actually, because I was playing Final Fantasy VI. Uh, and for both those consoles, I have what's known as flash carts. So these flash carts look like regular NES and Super Nintendo cartridges, but you can actually put an SD card in them and Put the ROM on there, and then it'll play the game just like if you put the game into the original NES, and it runs off the hardware. So you don't have to worry about any kind of, um, I guess the game. I guess, like if you did it on a computer, like if you emulated it on a computer, it would be a little. It would run a little faster uh, because I think the Nintendo and Super Nintendo were supposed to run at like fifty nine point four hertz, which means every. Like game Boy is good for this. Uh, every 60 minutes, you're if you play on a computer, you're actually saving 0. 0.6 seconds because of how they're playing the game, like how the computer's running the game. Those aren't the exact numbers, but
1: uh, But it gets it's, the idea.
0: Yeah. So what these flashcards can do, and also on the computer, you can just like you would a modern game, you can save the game. What how how the emulation helps actually is you can save state it. So if you click save state on a certain point, it is saving that exact frame of where you are, not at the save point. So you can just say if there was a really hard boss that you wanted to practice, you can save the state right before the room, load the state up, and you can walk right into the room and and you fight the boss. So that helps with trying to get a lot of the tricks down, a lot of the glitches. Um and then the other part is just memorization. It's it's remembering where you have to go next. It's So
2: is it is it like a muscle memory thing where like you remember like okay, this room's got 3 guys, the next room's got 5 guys and I know like the quickest route through the these s- areas. Sequence I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call yeah. it.
0: I wouldn't even call it muscle memory. Um uh, cuz some of the games like Zelda for instance, Zelda 1 the room the way the enemies move in that room, depending on what frame you enter that room at. So you may know, okay, this room is going to have, uh, six keys in it, but depending on what frame you enter, those keys could all join up. They could all spread out. Some could try and attack you. Some could try and move away. So it's not muscle memory. It's more like you need to remember what's going to be in this room. And then you need to react. You got to remember, okay, uh, I, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you need to remember what rooms, like, because there's one point where you have to bypass these houses, you have to remember which houses you actually need to go into, which ones you can avoid, uh, you need to remember which enemies you need to kill to reduce the frame, uh, the lag frames, you need to remember, uh, you need to keep an eye on your health, because there's a damage boost depending on what your health bar is at, it's all these things going on in your head. And eventually, it just comes to the point where a lot of it, it just, it seems like it's almost muscle memory, but there's still points in the game where it's not muscle memory, it's you trying to time it. And muscle memory only helps so much when you're trying to do something frame perfect. Because I don't, frames, depending on what game you're playing, uh, a lot of the games now you're talking about, you know, 60 frames a second. So you have one sixtieth of a second to execute this. And it, I'm not talking just like, Okay, you have one sixtieth of a second, but you also have to be on this exact, like, pixel. So, there's how many ever pixels in a tile you have to be on this certain pixel in order to execute this frame-perfect trick. So, it's a lot of, like, you'll see a lot of speedrunners, like, like sitting forward and really looking at their TV really closely. And a lot of them get quiet. I remember when I did my sub-30, I turned my my monitor off because I had my timer up. And leaving dungeon seven, I turned off my monitor. I was like, All right, chat, I'm going away. I know what time I have. I, I think I needed the point. I needed to save like five seconds to get this up 30. And I was like 30 seconds ahead. I was like, All right, chat, I'm, I'm putting it away. I'm not looking at chat. I'm not looking at my timer. And I'm focusing on the gameplay. Because there's just sometimes you have to focus on whatever's happening very intently. So. I
2: I watch a few like um, guys on Twitch or YouTube that do speed runs. One of the guys that I watch, his name is Anthony Caliber. He holds multiple world records for his um, Last of Us runs. Uh, I think his last one that that I remember watching, he did. Uh, was like two hours and 48 minutes, I think on grounded, which is the hardest difficulty in that game. And dude, for him, it is complete muscle memory. Um, like the hardest like part of that game, I think at least for me is the financial district. Um, when you're in Pittsburgh on grounded, cause there's like 15 guys and the way that he does it, man, he clears that whole area with like four bullets, a couple of bottles and like a pipe bomb. And I think like a, uh, a Molotov or something, but he's always thinking ahead, man. He'll be like, all right, I need to save this brick for this clicker. That's going to be later on three chapters later in the game or something like that. It's absolutely incredible. Just how far ahead he thinks, um, Another guy that I like watching uh, on YouTube, his name's John Ford. He does a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff with uh, God of War. I think he was the first guy to have a sub-400 uh, run of uh, God of War on the hardest difficulty, which was Gimme God of War. Really, really... Uh, just knowledgeable about the game. I think the dudes logged like something like six thousand hours in that game or something. But um, something we hadn't touched on, like, is I don't know if Zelda has um, like a difficulty setting. But these these two guys that I just mentioned are playing on the hardest difficulties. Is that something that's kind of common um, in speedrunning?
0: Uh, I think it depends on the game. Like, uh, I watch I watch a lot of Metal Gear Solid speedrunners, so. Uh, not a whole lot of people will play Metal Gear Solid uh, Two, one or two on European Extreme, because if you get caught once, it's game over. So a lot of them won't play on that. Right. I do watch people do it, but um, I feel like a lot of people kind of play. It really depends on the game. Like the, like I said, Metal Gear Solid, most people play on normal, um, and then. Just because it takes a lot more time, and there's a lot more different things, and it's a lot harder. Even you, you can practice the game a lot. Doesn't mean the game's any easier. Like, uh, I remember going back to Zelda One. Uh, I had a save state for uh, Gleok. It was a two-headed dragon in Dungeon Four, and I actually called him my save state for it was the two-headed fuck because you have four hearts, and You're supposed at this point you're supposed to have the upgraded sword, and you're supposed to have like eight hard pieces. I'm going in there with four, the regular sword, some bombs, and that's it. And the bombs don't hurt them. So you're trying to. I think you had to stab them like twelve times. Like you had to stab the one head eight times, and the other head four times. And once you kill the first head, there's a lot of floating heads. So just like I said, just because you play the game and you know the game, it doesn't make it any like it's obviously it's going to be easier, but a lot of times you're making the game harder by doing these speedrun strats. Like, I guarantee the guy that does God of War, what was his name again?
2: John Ford.
0: John Ford. I, I guarantee he's... does he, he, You said he plays on the hardest difficulty, right?
2: Yeah, it's called uh, Give yeah. Me God of War. And it's, it's really, really hard. Um, like, we haven't talked much about it, but we will have an episode coming out... <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, a little later at some point about just... Uh, different video game difficulties, uh, kind of what they mean and and how they've changed throughout the years uh, in our time of gaming. So, yeah, Gimme God of War is what it's called.
0: Yeah, and depending on what category he's doing for the hardest difficulty, he's going to be skipping uh, some chests that might give him some more experience, so he can level up his his weapons. He might be skipping some enemies that give him experience. He might be skipping some items that increase his health or magic. So. He's actually, you know, by trying to get a faster time, he's hurting himself. And
2: It's, it's interesting, though. Like, he's got tons of videos on YouTube, um, and he's beaten the game, like, hundreds of times. Like, he's got a video of him beating um, the hardest boss in the game, which is actually an optional boss, which is one of the Valkyries. It's the Valkyrie Queen named uh, Sigrun. Uh, dude and he can beat it in 15 seconds I mean of course he's got like the best armor and the best like enchantments and all this stuff and he just knows like which of the uh, moves to do that does the most damage it's mostly frost axe but yeah man I watched the video get all hyped up try it and in 15 seconds I'm dead three times like (laughs) I just shouldn't even try it it's it's
1: not Not good. (laughs) I remember I came across a meme once that I sent to Kev, and I was saying it said, uh, you know, I don't understand why speedrunners don't just go faster. I mean, that's what I do, and it uh, (laughs) works out every time.
0: There's another meme that if you speedrun you you know this for a fact uh, is that every run you do sucks. It's just, yeah, it doesn't matter if you have the world record time and you crushed it by like a minute or two, you're going to be like, Yeah, but fuck, there was that one thing I messed up. This run kinda sucks, man.
1: And it's like It's like working out and you have body dysmorphia, but you know, it's 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 your own personal uh (laughs) your your own personal accomplishments that you know you don't see it as all that great, even though the the actual stats to it show that it's improved.
0: Yeah, like there's there's one point where like you there's a little high you get. Like you'll get a PB and uh, you'll be like, yes! Like, I remember my pop-off for Zelda 1. I think I woke my wife up because it was like 2 a.m. She had to wake up at like 5, and I'm like fucking screaming and shouting.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. We have to specify what a pop-off so, is so and what that means. So pop-off
0: <laughs> is when you just get super pumped. We're not talking uh, like a... Uh, no, no. I
1: have, I haven't you ever done a desk pop? <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not talking about desk pops. No, it's just like... Like, I remember... When I got Zelda One, I beat Ganon. I didn't know if I got it or not because I turned my monitor off. Turn my monitor off. My monitor takes like five seconds to finally load up. I see the time. I'm like, "Fuck yes!" I'm like yelling. I throw the controller, um, in excitement. There's plenty of throwing controllers and anger as well. John, of course, knows all about that, but not for speedrunning sake. R.I.P.s, <laughs> <R. laughs> baby. RIPs. But no, it's just that's what it is. It's popping off like there. You can actually probably like YouTube. I would not youtube it just in case i'm incorrect but i'm pretty sure you can just top off like stop speed running pop-offs and it's just people getting super excited about how excited like how how good the run was and then i guarantee like an hour later they're going to re-watch the video uh if they're doing it live they're going to watch it on twitch with their chat and they're like they'll pause it and be like see right here uh i missed i missed this ledge and that cost me five seconds. Start so picking you know, it apart. And yeah. I could have done it so much yeah. better and <laughs> this and that. So it's, I guarantee that that's another meme is just like, this run sucks. It's, it's, it's just something a speedrunner will say for every single run they have.
2: So, but, sort of speedrun related, I remember watching some videos on YouTube on how to beat the um, Chocobo race in Final Fantasy X, where you have to get the under 0.0. And there was a guy who. Uh, was doing a live video of himself doing it. And he had his girlfriend sitting with him on the couch. And he finally did it after like a certain amount of tries. I don't remember. But um, he was playing on an old school PlayStation 2 with a wired, a wired controller. And when he finally beat it, man, he stood up and was like, hell yeah. But what happened was, is he raised his hands in the air and then ended up pulling Um, the PlayStation 2 off the shelf. So you hear like a... The PlayStation like exploded all over the floor and you just saw this dejection, I know, like on his face. He was just like, damn it, man, I'll never be able to do that again. (laughs) I felt so (laughs) bad for that guy. Oh, man.
0: And he didn't even save
1: it. I know, man, I know. But I mean... Whenever you want to come across something like that, is is there any good way to have a strategy? Like, how do you really prep to, you know, speed run? Are there ways that you know? Are there other people, of course, that have already discovered certain ways to find that pixel perfect or to do this glitch or that glitch? But I mean, do you ever find yourself like possibly finding something new? Is it something that you would find, wouldn't find? You would share. I mean, what's the What's the best way to actually prepare or figure out a strategy before even trying to speedrun a game?
2: And piggybacking off of that, I just wanted to ask, too, like, do you find that once you find something that works, like, does the community of speedrunners like to share or do they kind of like keep it? No, it's
0: mine. (laughs) Right. So I'll start with Andrews um, and John, remind me just in case I forget, because that is a very good question. Um, yeah sure no problem so there's different types of speedrunners there are people that speedrun there are people that speedrun and find stuff and then there are people that find stuff and don't speedrun I'm more of a just a speedrunner I don't really try and look for stuff there's only one game I actually found anything for and that was Mission Impossible I found a, a faster route for a couple levels um and that's just like that's just routing that's not finding any glitches or anything i was just like well i wonder if i can make this this train in one cycle instead of two and save you know 20 seconds and it it worked so the glitches um i feel like this is kind of like territory i'm not too familiar with but there's something called there there's people that create what's known as tasses And they're not the exclusive people that find glitches and stuff. Generally, like I said before, glitches are almost found by accident. They get, especially nowadays, they get uploaded. Like the screen wrap for Zelda 1, that was found years ago, and it was found by accident. Somebody was just on the right side of the screen, on the right frame, and pressed the D-pad for the one frame that was necessary, and link turned around and they walked and it happened and
1: and how it, many well, they, times they, did they try they, to recreate that to Oh my god out like th- that
0: that is insane. So what TASs are are it's known as a uh, tool assisted speedrun. These are extremely fun to watch for me. They are just uh, computer well obviously humans make them but they what they do is they play the game frame by frame and make it optimal. So they, whenever you watch a TAS at that point, it's probably the most accurate best time you could ever have of the game. So for Zelda one, like I've said, world record for Zelda one is 27 minutes and I think it's now down to like 52 seconds. I need to double check on that. The TAS is 22 minutes. It's five minute time difference and it's because they can know exactly where to go. So it's a lot of tassers that do it and just word of mouth, like people playing the game, they're streaming, especially streaming is big because they'll clip it and they'll upload it to Reddit and then it just goes like, there's actually bounties. Um, So there's, I think it's still active and I'm sorry if you guys get tired of hearing of Legend Zelda, but that's generally what I play. There's like a thousand dollar bounty for trying to skip the meat that I was talking about earlier in Zelda One. That's what. She so if saying. you, if you, f- <laughs> she she's skipping the meat, son. But if you guys, like anyone out there listening, if you figure out a way to skip the meat in Zelda One, it's a thousand dollars. Like people, like speedrunners get together because they want to beat this game as fast as possible. They offer money to encourage people to, you know, find these glitches if possible. So then. They can, like, data mine the game, see if there's any kind of way they can loophole stuff. It's, it's, it's crazy just how they find these glitches, because some of these glitches are, like, okay, you got to line up. And this is just random, like, I'm not talking about a specific game, but it's probably accurate for at least, like, two games out there that could speedrun. All right, you got to walk against this wall for five seconds, do a quick 90-degree turn. Then you got to do a little side hop. Then you got to turn 87 degrees then you press A three times, and then boom, you're teleporting to the end of the game. It's like kind of like stuff like that. It's like if no you one's go
2: 90 st- degrees, you've gone too far. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then you got to reset <laughs> the whole thing up. Yeah. Um,
2: Ask Andrew's wife. She's the math teacher.
0: <laughs> sorry, M. Um, sorry,
2: M. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um my my question was about competition. Um, like my piggybacking off of Andrew's question was about competition. Do you find that like speedrunners want to share the information about things that they find glitches or strategies, that kind of a thing, or do they kind of want to just hold on to them?
0: There are a few select people that will keep it to themselves and they are not well liked. Especially when they drop a world record and they don't tell you. Like it's it's fine if you're working on something. At least this is me talking. It's fine if you work on something, you get the world record. And then you kind of share with how it's done. There are some people out of nowhere drop the world record. Don't mention it because they're, they're afraid of someone taking their world record. And that's not what speedrunning is about. Speedrunning is a very big community of, of people. people. And it's love getting, people. yeah, it's we all the sole thing of speedrunning. It's not world records. It's not anything like that. It is how fast can we beat this fucking game? And that's that. That is it. So if you're if you're hiding something that you know allows you to beat this game even quicker, it's kind of frowned upon. Uh, I wouldn't say you get blacklisted because you can still submit times, but you're not going to be really welcome, uh, you know, in like the Discord and stuff like that. Um.
2: So, do you find that like Reddit is a good place to kind of find information, or
0: <laughs> I wouldn't say so much Reddit. It's more Discord now um
2: right there there is
0: a speedrunning reddit but it's kind of like people going on there and they're like hey i just got this time or something there's there's a few websites uh the one i use is speedrun.com it's not very well liked um just because of some changes they've made recently but that's what i use um you can go on speedrun.com and you can find a speedrun for just about any game Uh, I think they finally uploaded Donkey Kong Country. The Donkey Kong Country community refused to switch over to speedrun.com for so long. Uh, I think Mega Man did as well. They had their own websites.
2: So I wanted to ask, like, real quick, like, how do you go about kind of picking what games, like, for you personally, or that speedrunners pick, um, like, to actually speedrun? As far as me personally... Like, for, for me, I really love The Last of Us, but I don't think I would ever choose to speedrun it because that's just not how that game is kind of meant to be played. I think it kind of would take away from, you know, your overall experience. But, you know, if you've beaten it, you know, 5, 10, 20, however many times, like, I guess you're just kind of used to it at that point. You kind of want a new way to play it or something, right?
0: It's it's kind of hard because, like, you can... The way I, I pick Zelda... Because I, I had an end goal of beating every single Zelda in 24 hours. Um, still currently working on that. It's going to take quite some time. If it's even possible. I don't think it's f- possible with the current times. I know I had to check some games. See if they got some updated glitches and stuff. Um, so that's how I picked Legend of Zelda. And then I just went in chronological order. I told you guys how I picked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I picked Mission Impossible because... I played the game as a kid, and I was like, you know what, this is a really fun game, and I don't care if uh, the game gets ruined for me, because that's kind of what speedrunning does. That's the one thing not a whole lot of people talk about. Is, that was going to be
1: my next question, is like, d- does playing it on repeat, or playing it like without having the original end goal in mind, or like the actual fun of the story or plot, Like, does that help ruin a game?
0: It's not even that, like... Don't get me wrong. You don't give a shit about the story whenever you're playing the game. I watch uh Caleb Hart. He plays. Uh, he speed runs Final Fantasy VII. He's trying to get a uh, sub seven hours in it. Like there's some points where there's nothing to do because it's cutscene and you don't have to match text. So he just gets up and uses the bathroom. So like he doesn't give a shit about the story. He just he just wants the the sub seven Final Fantasy. But you have to think. The way I think of it is, if I speed ran Final Fantasy VII whenever i go back to play final fantasy 7 there's no way i'm gonna play it casually like i know all the speedrun secrets i know that i don't need to grind these levels like cloud can be like level 20 i just have to have him have certain hp and use this materia and boom i win it's not like so that's what i kind of mean when it ruins a game for you when uh not the fact it's just it's so hard you can't play it casually I, i can never play any of the Zelda games casually anymore because I I know all the the speed run strats and stuff like that and I would have to nerf myself by trying to play the game as intended and it's very hard to do after doing it for so long. So John, it might be good for you not to speed run uh, Last of Us because how much you love the game. If you speed run it, you might not enjoy the game as much anymore because it's not really.
2: Well, that was going to be like a follow up question for me. Like, have you found that in all the speedrunning that you do, whether it's Zelda? Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or any of the other games that you sped, sped run. I don't know if that's right, but if you speed run, like, does that take away from your overall experience
0: at all for you at all? I would say it's a new love, a newfound love for it, because like, you may not enjoy it for what it was before, but you and en- you're you're not gonna. I'm not gonna play a shitty speed run. I'm not. If I don't enjoy the speed run, like, there's one category I know for effect, I will never ever run. And that is Ocarina of Time, any percent, and it's it's like a year old now. It's the most boring thing to watch in the entire world to me. I cannot stand it. So, it's I think it's under eight minutes long, and the opening cutscene is three minutes long to kind of put in perspective how long this game is. All you do is you're manipulating the file code by doing certain actions. You do like. It's very hard to do. I'm not saying it's not, but it's very boring to watch. Basically, you just you set up the camera in such a way that Link walks away from the camera. So for about two minutes, you're just staring at a static screen, nothing's happening, and all of a sudden, you're on the end cutscene, so you beat it. So that, to me, I would never, ever do. Um, but as far as like other games, nah, nah, no, I'd say no. It's plain and simple.
1: Well, all right. Well, Kev, I very much appreciate your insight in all this because it definitely helped to bring to light a lot of the different parts that I had no clue about. Same, and it's—I mean—it's possible that a lot of our listeners didn't either.
2: So, Andrew, do you have any games you want to speed run now?
1: No, because I can't even—I fi- can't even Ooh, finish I can them think regularly. Let alone try to speed run them.
2: I wonder what the speed run record for Genshin Impact is.
1: Well, it depends on the new update. Some people finish them real.
2: I I know, like, for me, if I ever do decide to get into speedrunning, I think the only category that I would probably choose is glitchless. Like, I'm not interested in kind of beating the game with all of the the extra mods or falling through walls and that type of thing. Like, I want it to be based on my skill and my knowledge of the game. You know what I mean? Like, I want it yeah pure— you know what I mean? Like, if I go to, you know, game that I've talked about religiously so far on this podcast, Uncharted, if I ever go back through that game and want to speedrun it, I want it to be, you know, that I eventually have the record for beating that game in its capacity the way it's supposed to be played faster than anybody else. I know where all the guys are. I know how to get all the headshots. I know what guns to pick at what moments, that type of thing. Like, Glitchless would probably be my choice as far as what I want to play how i want to play it um but uh kev thanks again for you know just doing this episode letting us kind of interrogate i mean interview you on uh on everything in the world of speed running so appreciate it man
1: absolutely and i mean like i said i there's no way that i feel like i can do that just because i'm too clumsy i'd be resetting the game way too often just because, like Kevin said, I reload I would, checkpoint. Reload exactly. Because I would, I would keep, um, like, saying how oh, nitpicking apart my actual gameplay and saying oh, well, you know, I messed up here. Oh, there's no way I'm gonna get it now, or this or that. So that I'm too clumsy to do that. I, I'd have to take my time instead of trying to rely on hitting the right frame or or anything to even complete something like that so my hats off kudos to kevin and everyone else that does speedrun because it's quite amazing
0: let's see that's where uh lack attack He's like i brought him up before he's a great zelda and mario speedrunner he gave me the best advice when he was streaming one day it was like just don't reset that's simple. because like you you want to reset but it's like if you don't reset and you finish the run a you could pb uh personal b you get yeah b you get uh experience uh you know more practice on later part of the game where you know you're gangbusters at the first 10 minutes of this game because you keep resetting after the first 11 minutes but then you keep resetting the first 10 minutes you forget the rest of the game so he was just like just just finish the game out you know
2: yeah it's it's probably worth it at that point right just to just to keep trying it i mean
1: well, thank you to everyone that actually tuned in to listen to us. We greatly appreciate the uh, the insight from Almighty Drizzle as well as the the co-host and questions from Haig himself and and everything that I could try to mediocrely input. If you have any other uh, interest or you know, feel free to check out Games Done Quick (GDQ) or any other speedrunning communities. Um, they're they're amazing people. They have a good cause, and, you know, it, it's always something fun to branch out and try to explore yourself. Also, check out our Twitter at VGL underscore podcast, where we'll have all sorts of updates of what we do, as well as our own social links, where you'll be able to see Kevin's or my twi- uh, Twitch accounts, or even other social medias that we you interact with, that if you want to see Kevin speed running or you want to see him just you know playing a regular game then all the information and links will be in the bio as always you know thank you again for tuning in i want to thank my co-hosts uh and i just want to say i really appreciate them and you and i can't Aww. wait to figure out what we're going to talk about next so this is us signing off
2: Thank you guys so much for checking out our podcast. You can check out our show and all the other great podcasts over at creativebraincandy.com. See you next episode. See you. See
0: On my screen, you're pointing at me, Andrew. That's why I'm like,
1: the fuck do right, you want? So on my screen, I'm pointing <laughs> up to John. All right. And I was pointing
2: down to you. I, I, that's why I texted you. Next question. We're going <laughs> to edit all this. <laughs> where,
1: where did you text me? Blooper Reel! <laughs> oh, you can ask the next question. I thought you said that. Can I ask the next question? That's I'm like, No.
2: I said, yeah, it's August.
1: Okay. Oh. And, and seal clap. <laughs> <laughs>